0: Welcome to Above Avalon, this is episode 97, Apple Wearables Are a Thing. Hi, I'm Neil. Last week, Apple reported second quarter 2017 earnings. Whenever Apple reports earnings, I'm always looking at the major themes. So taking Apple's earnings release, management's conference call, and also even changes within my earnings model, what are the things that we're going to talk about for the next few months or even the next few years? Like every other quarter, I came up with five themes. Today's episode is going to take a deep dive into one of those major themes. We'll talk a little bit about the others at the end of the episode. We're not going to talk about the iPhone today. We're not going to talk about Apple services or the iPad. Instead, we're actually going to focus on that other product's line item. Usually, this is the line item that is pretty much forgotten. It's the rounding error. It's the catch basin for all of these new products that don't sell like the iPhone, that don't account for as much revenue as Apple's biggest product. But this past quarter, there are some very interesting trends found within that other products line item, specifically Apple Watch and wireless AirPods. I think what is going on here is that Apple's wearables platform, it's starting to catch. Momentum is building. And I think Apple wearables are going to become an even bigger part of Apple's product strategy going forward. And we don't have to wait a number of quarters or years to see how important wearables are become. It's already happening. It's taking place. There's evidence now. The best place to begin is to look at the actual results like every other quarter, Apple did not provide Apple Watch unit sales. This is not a change. This is a long-standing practice that Apple management has done from the beginning. However, Apple management also continued the trend of giving very significant clues as to how Apple Watch is selling. And We're not talking about Amazon-like clues. We're not talking about Apple just saying, Well, sales went up seven times from last year. Instead, we are kind of getting a puzzle for Apple Watch sales. If you take all of the clues from every previous quarter and combine them into an earnings model, we actually have a way of getting pretty accurate numbers for Apple Watch sales. So what Apple said, which was really interesting, was that Apple Watch sales nearly doubled year over year. Now, the thing is, before Apple even said this, you knew that something was going on in that other product's line item. Because if you looked at the amount of revenue year over year, there was quite a bit of growth. Second quarter, 2017, $2.9 billion of revenue. Last year, it was $2.2 billion. So that told us, okay, either the Apple Watch did really well, wireless earpods did really well or a combination either apple tv sold well beats sold well or apple sold a lot of third-party accessories well out of that list i kind of thought the apple watch and wireless earpods did really well but on the conference call we got confirmation of that apple watch sales nearly doubled year over year they went even further and management said that apple watch unit sales more than doubled in six of Apple's top 10 markets. So that told us it's not that just one country is contributing to Apple Watch sales. It's that Apple is seeing momentum across a number of countries. Tim Cook then went even further and gave us another very valuable clue. He said that Apple Watch, AirPods, and Beats headphones as a combined platform brought in enough revenue over the last 12 months to qualify as a Fortune 500 business. That's extremely helpful. We don't get clues like that from Amazon. What that tells us is that Apple sold at least $5 billion of wearables over the past four quarters. So you can see how now we have a couple of clues here. We have a couple pieces to the puzzle. Now, if I put my detective hat on for a few minutes, we could take those clues to derive an actual unit sales estimate for Apple Watch. And then we could go even further and calculate how many Earpods Apple sold. We could even do the same thing for Beats headphones. So here we have Apple saying that Apple Watch sales nearly doubled year over year. I take that to mean revenue. We also know that Apple Watch average selling price probably declined year-over-year year because of Apple Watch Series 1. So that tells me that unit sales year-over-year, year, they probably were up more than 100%. So if we could get Apple Watch sales for the second quarter 2016, we could get a pretty fair estimate for Apple Watch sales second quarter 2017. Now, if we go back to 2016... Apple actually gave a pretty helpful comment about Apple Watch sales. You can see how this is a trend. Apple mentioned how the Apple Watch would probably trend like the iPod. Sales would be focused around the holidays and not necessarily the beginning of the year. That gave us a pretty good clue that Apple Watch sales probably were down quite a bit from the holiday season 2015. My estimate was Apple sold 1.6 million Apple Watches during the second quarter, 2016. Since we know that Apple Watch sales almost doubled with unit sales probably doubling, let's do 1.6 million times two. That gives us 3.2 million Apple Watches sold during the second quarter, 2017. Now, of course, there's a little bit of rounding going on, but I have in my model that Apple Watch sales were up 110% year over year. 3.2 3.2 million units that's a lot and the reason why I think that's a lot is last quarter Apple sold 4.2 million Macs. if that's difficult to believe during this past holiday season Apple sold more Apple Watches than Macs. it looks like the difference came out to about 300,000 you don't see too many people talking about that in the press I wonder why now, going back to another clue that Apple gave, that thing about Fortune 500 business, the Apple wearables platform, well, that's going to give us a pretty good look at AirPod sales. So if you calculate all of my Apple Watch revenue that's in my model over the past 12 months, it comes out to about 4700000000 billion. We're still missing a couple hundred million dollars. That's AirPods and Beats revenue. If you crunch the numbers, I come out with Apple selling at least 3 million wireless AirPods to date, so that's a little over three months. If you're looking just at the second quarter, 2017, I think Apple sold around 2 million pairs of wireless AirPods. And then you have the Beats headphones piece. I don't think Apple sold as many of those devices as wireless AirPods, but again, Beats can be added to AirPods and Apple Watch sales, and that does give it a little bit of a boost. So that's the second quarter, 2017, for Apple wearables. We have Apple selling more than 5 million wearable devices. That is more than the number of Macs that Apple sold, and we're talking almost by a 1 million unit margin. That's significant. Now, over at AboveAvalon.com, this week's article was focused on trying to put some context to that number, to that 5 million wearable device number. Is that a lot? Is that pretty small? How should we think about that? And what we're going to talk about over the next three minutes is a couple of themes that we first began talking about back in episode 92 this past March and that is the wearables platform. It is very critical to begin thinking of Apple wearables as a platform and not just one or two devices. And we'll talk about really the rationale behind that a little bit more in this episode. So as a reminder, Apple's wearables platform consists of three products, Apple Watch, wireless AirPods, and Beats headphones. We have been talking about Apple Watch for a while, Going all the way back to when the Above Avalon podcast first started, this is Apple's first wearable device. It launched in April 2015. If you look at Apple's current watch lineup, you have everything from a $269 Apple Watch Series 1 to a $1499 Apple Watch Hermes. To date, I have Apple selling 25 million Apple Watches. Now, just as a reminder, any reference to Apple Watch sales, wireless AirPod sales, those are coming from me. I'm not relying on surveys. I'm not relying on these third-party industry reports, which I have a lot of issues with. Instead, I'm using Apple Management Commentary, and I'm using my earnings model. We are getting to the point where the weaker earnings models, they are going to start falling apart. They're going to become inaccurate and they're going to lead to false conclusions. I have a lot of confidence in my earnings model. When I judge my accuracy in terms of modeling Apple, I look at earnings per share. I look at that one line item because everything else flows into that line item. Heading into this most recent earnings report, I had 210 for Apple's earnings per share. Apple reported 210. The previous quarter, I was off by two cents. The quarter before that, I was off by two cents. Those kind of results give me at least some confidence that my earnings model is on track. And that's not only a good thing for our discussions, but it's a good thing for Above Avalon members. It's a good thing for those who do rely on my estimates. So I'm happy where things are going. Of course, I'm always keeping an eye on to see where are my weaknesses, what are the strengths, which part of my model needs to be a little bit more beefed up, However, when it comes to wearables data, I'm relying on my model. I'm not going to be using all these third-party entities or reports or surveys. Turning to the second product that makes up Apple's wearables platform, wireless AirPods. And again, we've talked about this in a few episodes. AirPods are much more than just a pair of wireless headphones. We have Apple's new W1 chip. We have a number of sensors, voice accelerometers. AirPods are Apple's second major wearable product. That is clear. Despite launching a very limited supply, and that limited supply is still going on, we have Apple shipping at least 3 million wireless AirPods to date. That's about $475 million of revenue in just 14 weeks. That's not too bad. And then the third product beats Apple headphones i'm approaching this a little bit differently than apple management i'm just looking at the models that include the w1 chip i think those pairs of headphones should be classified as apple wearables those are three models out of the beats lineup the expectation here is that much like wireless earpods those three beats headphone models will gain additional features in subsequent versions it's very well possible Apple may bring the W1 chip to other Beats headphones. At that point, you can add those sales to Apple's Wearables platform. Now, how am I thinking about this? How am I combining all these three products and keeping track of Apple's Wearables platform? In April 2015, Apple Watch launched the platform. Since then, Apple began selling devices for the ears, wireless AirPods and Beats headphones. And going forward, as Apple unveils new wearable devices and form factors, what we can do is start including those sales into this platform. So in a way, it's kind of like a cumulative sale basis where you start with Apple Watch, you then add AirPods, you add Beats headphones, and as we go forward with new form factors, you can add those to the existing product line. That's how I'm thinking about this wearables platform. Now, when looking at sales, and again, going back, Apple sold 5 million wearable devices. There is an intense debate out there involving how to define sales success for wearables. Because what a lot of people are doing is they're taking that unit sales number, 5 million. Usually, it's less than that. They don't think Apple actually sold that many, just because Apple doesn't say it. (laughs) But what they do is they compare it to iPhone sales, in which Apple sold 51 million iPhones this past quarter. And they say, well, 5 million is is very low compared to 51 million, so Apple wearables didn't do too well. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's the way we should be thinking about this. I think instead, the best way is to first just look at the sales numbers without really going anywhere else, without making too many assumptions, without making too many estimates, So over at AboveAvalon.com, I included a number of exhibits where I compared sales out of the gate. What that means is that when you take a look at all these major product categories from Apple, iPad, Apple Watch, iPhone, iPod, we graph sales based on the number of quarters following launch. So very easy example is if you look at the Apple Watch, that product launched in April 2015. You then go out the number of quarters following that launch and just simply graph sales. So this past quarter marks the eighth quarter following launch for Apple Watch. You do the same thing for the iPhone. Go back to 2007, do eight quarters from that launch. The iPad, 2010, eight quarters from that launch. Really what you're doing is trying to look at these products at the same point following launch. That way we're not comparing a two-year-old Apple Watch to a almost 10-year-old iPhone. When you do that, a couple interesting things happen. The Apple Watch and iPhone, they're actually trending very similar to each other when looking at sales out of the gate. So if we add up unit sales after the first two years on the market, Apple sold 26 million iPhones and 25 million Apple Watches. Now, I think that's going to surprise many people because that does not match the narrative that's still surrounding Apple Watch. In reality, Apple Watch is very close to being the second best-selling product out of the gate in Apple's history when looking at the first two years on the market. That's pretty remarkable. However, that's just Apple Watch. We have to somehow take into account wireless AirPods And Beats headphones, because those are two other Apple wearable products that need to be added to the platform. So what I ended up doing was I said to myself, okay, well, Apple's wearables platform was launched in April 2015. I don't think I should change that date. So instead, when Apple began selling AirPods, I looked, well, that was the seventh quarter that Apple Watch was in the market. So for that quarter, I added one million pairs of AirPods. I then looked at the eighth quarter that Apple Watch was available in the market. This was that most recent quarter that Apple just reported. My estimate was that Apple sold two million pairs of AirPods. So I added that two million to the eighth quarter of Apple Watch. This is another way of saying that I'm just adding this to the Apple wearables platform without starting the clock over. So if we take all those numbers and look at a cumulative unit sales basis, Apple wearable sales exceeded iPhone sales by 2 million units after the first eight quarters on the market. What that means is that wearables are Apple's second best-selling product category out of the gate. The best category was iPad. Apple sold 67 million iPads after the first two years on the market. We then have Apple wearables, so Apple Watch, wireless AirPods, and Beats with the W1 chip. Total unit sales after the first two years, 28 million units. We then have iPhone, 26 million units, and then in fourth place, we have the iPod, only 1 million units. That just kind of goes to show how long it took the iPod to really go mainstream. So those are the sales numbers after the first two years on the market. There's no interpretation, there's no narrative associated with that, it's the raw numbers. Now whenever we do make these comparisons between Apple wearables and iPhone and iPad, there are a number of key differences between the product categories that we need to discuss. For example, when Apple launched the iPhone in 2007, it had very limited distribution. For the first four months on the market, the iPhone was only available at AT AT&T in the U.S. That's it. Now, of course, Apple did grow that distribution by quite a bit. Two years later, by the time the iPhone 3GS launched in 2009, the iPhone was available in 80 countries. Of course, when you look at the number of mobile carriers, there was still opportunity for Apple to expand the number of partners within those countries. So what I've seen some people do is make the argument that, well, since the iPhone had such a limited distribution at launch, and the Apple Watch had a much wider distribution, the Apple Watch was actually available in nine countries, including China, at launch, that means that if the Apple Watch is selling in line with the iPhone after two years, that's a disaster for Apple Watch. Apple should be selling three, four times the number of Apple Watches because they were available to many more people than the iPhone. I disagree with that. I think that type of comparison is very dangerous to be making. And the reason is when you look at each one of these product categories, There are so many unique situations and challenges, it is difficult to draw that type of conclusion. For example, with the iPhone, while it is true that distribution was limited at launch, we don't know how the adoption trend would have been. I think it's false to just say, well, if Apple launched the iPhone in 80 countries in 2007, it would have reported 10 times the number of iPhones. It's impossible to know because what happened is it took a number of years for the iPhone to begin getting adopted, for people to begin seeing value in a handheld computer. It took a few years for the mass market to become interested in iPhone. And a similar thing is happening to Apple Watch. Just because the device was available to a lot more people, that doesn't mean that everyone should run out and get an Apple Watch you're probably going to see some sort of different adoption trend. In addition, if we want to make all these adjustments, the Apple Watch faced its own different kind of constraint. We had the Apple Watch require an iPhone for use. That had the effect of more than doubling the entry-level price of Apple Watch for nine iPhone owners. So even though Apple Watch was available in nine countries, including China, I think one can argue The product's target market was actually closer to around 500 million people. It was much smaller than it seems. The point is you can do this for each one of these products, even wireless earpods. You can sort of say, well, supply is bad here. We can make this adjustment. I think it looks better in this way or it looks worse when you change this. This debate has been going on for a number of months, and I've been thinking to myself, Can we make these comparisons? Can we take sales of wearables and look at early iPhone and iPad sales, put them in one chart, and really get something out of it? I've come to the conclusion that we can do that. I think such comparisons provide context for Apple wearable sales. What's been going on in the market is that many people are grading Apple wearables on a curve. They are looking at this product category through an iPhone lens. So what they're doing is they're looking at unit sales and they're comparing it to current iPhone unit sales. 50 million a quarter. During the holiday quarter, it was 78 million iPhones. On an annual basis, 220 million iPhones. So what's happening is compared to those numbers, Apple wearables seem like a very small business. They're being cast off, labeled as disappointing or irrelevant. I think that's a mistake because it ignores what is growing momentum for Apple's wearables platform. I don't think we should take sales for a well-established 10-year platform and compare it to a two-year platform. And when you consider that we're talking about wireless AirPods, they just launched 14 weeks ago. I don't think we should look at those and say, well, they should be selling like the iPhone because There's so many iPhone users out there. The Apple brand is so much stronger now than in the 2000s. I don't think that's right. I think to have wearable sales outpace iPhone sales out of the gate after the first two years of availability, it demonstrates something. Apple wearables are a thing. Apple has built and sold more wearables than iPhones after the first two years in the market. I think that's the takeaway. I don't think we should start going down and trying to make all these adjustments. Well, the iPhone had a weak launch because there's only an AT&T. We have to adjust for that. Well, you can make the same adjustment for wireless AirPods. We could wait two more years and judge how AirPod sales are doing. By that time, we could have AirPods being the best-selling Apple product out of the gate. Instead, the best way of looking at this is that the Apple wearables business is just as large as the iPhone business was two years out of the gate. And more interestingly, the wearables adoption trend going forward may be very different than the iPhone. This is where the concept of Apple's wearables platform really takes hold. Too much attention is being placed on the Apple Watch as the primary holder of the wearables torch. So if you think of wearables, you think of wrist wearables. And because there really isn't a smartwatch market, there's an Apple Watch market, everyone thinks of Apple Watch. I think that has to change. I think the focus needs to be placed on both Apple Watch and wireless AirPods. We can include the W1 chip equipped Beats headphones as well. It may not seem obvious now, but I think going forward, these product categories, they're probably going to share quite a few similarities in terms of features. Health and fitness, for example, it's going to be one feature of many for both Apple Watch and actually wireless AirPods. There's place for putting utility on the wrist, utility in the ears. Going forward, I think there's going to be new form factors. There's going to be new products that are designed for different parts of the body. We've kind of hinted at this in the past, but you have the concept of eyes. I think Apple's researching that area. There's plenty of evidence to suggest it's happening. There's a lot of smoke. We're not going to probably see anything in the near term, but longer term, there's something there. We also have the body in terms of clothing. I think there is something there going forward. So for now, we can just sort of say eyes, body, that's R and D. The wrist, we have Apple Watch. The ears, we have wireless AirPods and Beats. That's Apple's wearables platform. Now, what ends up happening here is instead of just looking at these wearable devices as standalone products with very few similarities or overlap, we should think of them as coming together. I think wireless AirPods usage increases the value found with Apple Watch ownership. I think Apple Watch usage increases the value found with Earpods ownership. That kind of interdependency is only going to grow. We're going to get to the point where if you already have an Apple Watch and you use wireless Earpods, you're probably going to be that much more likely to embrace the next new Apple wearables product. That has a major impact on adoption trends. And I think we're going to get to the point where if you have a user who's fully in The Apple wearables platform, they're going to be buying multiple wearables products. It's going to juice unit sales to the point of you're going to be talking about a very big platform, both in terms of revenue, unit sales, accessories, the list goes on. This is why I think wearables are such a big part of Apple's product strategy going forward. When it comes to looking out the next few quarters, I think wearables are going to have a very big 2017. When you consider that Apple sold 3.2 million Apple Watches last quarter, that was supposed to be the quiet quarter for Apple Watch. That was supposed to be the weakest quarter. We had just concluded the 2016 holiday season. And Apple had said previously that a very significant number of Apple Watches will be sold during the holidays as gifts. So what does that mean for the rest of the year? Do we see Apple Watch sales continue to gradually increase from now until the summer. And then we have a monster holiday quarter. This would be the first quarter 2018, if you're going by Apple's fiscal year. It's not a question that Apple can sell over 8 million Apple Watches this upcoming holiday season. That would be about 50% growth over the last holiday season. That's a very big number. Apple probably will sell less than 6 million Macs over the holidays. And then we have wireless AirPods. The only thing holding that product back is limited supply. It's just simply hard to get your hands on that product. In addition, consider how I think Apple is underpricing both wireless AirPods and Apple Watch. If you put all these pieces together, I think Apple is on track to sell more than 30 million wearable devices in 2017, and that may be conservative. That's an astounding figure it would represent almost 15% of the number of iPhones that Apple is expected to sell in 2017. It's a dramatic improvement from what we saw in 2016. So I think if we go back to looking at these early sales trends and we begin to look at the three years following launch, so this is an additional year, I think it's very likely Apple wearables will continue to outpace iPhone sales. If we go out even further And we look at the first five years of availability following launch. We could be talking about the same scenario. We could be talking about Apple wearables beginning to outsell the iPad out of the gate. I think the AirPods would play a very key role in that. You can start to see what's happening here. Momentum is building for Apple wearables. This past holiday season, Apple passed Fitbit in terms of unit sales to grab the title of largest wearables company. This past quarter, for the very first time, Apple Watches outsold Fitbit. It was a remarkable change compared to 2016. We have Fitbit now saying smartwatches have the momentum and not dedicated health and fitness trackers. We have Apple competitors who are dropping out of the wearables market because they don't understand it. They don't get why someone would wear an Apple Watch. They don't understand that the year is the next big battle in tech. We have Apple saying they're not surprised that they're seeing competitors drop out because these things are not easy to make. I think that's one assumption that everyone thought was, it's not hard making a smartwatch. It's not hard making wireless AirPods. Those are easy. Not really. (laughs) I think that's one reason why AirPods are facing such a shortage in supply. They're not easy to make. You could see what's happening. As momentum is building, the attention's put elsewhere people are looking at well it's still small iphone sales still outnumber apple watch sales by multiple times what i think is going to happen is eventually you're going to get to a point it may be a dramatic change it may be something that occurs overnight people are going to look at apple wearables and say wow there's actually something here by the time that happens, it would already be too late for competitors. You're going to be talking about tens of millions of people wearing an Apple wearable device. I already think that number surpassed 20 million. So I think today there are 20 million people wearing some type of Apple wearable device. That number is going to just continue growing. I think where we're headed here is Apple is going to have a wearables platform containing a number of form factors a number of devices meant for different parts of our body. Each are going to be monitoring different parts of our life. They're going to be providing us context, navigation. You're going to have Apple accessories markets designed for these products that are going to be huge in their own right. And at the end of the day, you're going to have a platform that's going to be responsible for unit sales in the hundreds of millions of devices. It may be tough to see now, but I think the foundation is being formed right now. We are starting to see momentum build, and I think this is one key part of Apple's future when it comes to making technology more personal. I think wearables are the answer. That's going to do it for today's episode. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, today's talk was focused on one major takeaway from Apple's earnings report. There are four other takeaways. One had to do with the iPhone, one had to do with China, then we had iPad and services. If you're interested in reading about those other major themes, I sent out my earnings review to Above Avalon members last week. There are two parts. The first one went over the major themes and the second part went over my full notes. Think of it as we went over the details. We actually covered 29 different topics from their earnings release. So really, anything you want to know about Apple earnings, I sent that out to Above Avalon members. In the subsequent days, we also discussed the Apple 10Q for the second quarter of 2017, so I went over my takeaways from that. So if you're interested in earnings, it's all there. It's available for Above Avalon members. If you want to become a member, head on over to AboveAvalon.com. Go to the membership page. Sign up is very easy. There is an archive available. And so you can access all of those earnings review emails and notes and get all prepared going forward. The cornerstone of Above Avalon Membership is access to my exclusive daily email that I write about Apple throughout the week. Each email is about 2,000 words. We cover two to three stories. These past two weeks, we cover a number of different topics ranging everything from the Echo Show to Phil Schiller talking about App Store economics, Amazon Video possibly coming to Apple TV. We have Fitbit results. We have Snap results, Fossil results, all these stories we always approach from the perspective of Apple. Membership is either $10 per month or $100 per year. Above Avalon is 100% supported by its members. So if you're currently an Above Avalon member, thank you for your support. And if you're thinking about becoming an Above Avalon member, or if you're planning on becoming an Above Avalon member, welcome. With that, we will conclude today's episode. If you enjoyed the Above Avalon podcast, if you can leave a review or rating in iTunes, I would appreciate it. You can do that directly directly through the podcast app. And if you listen to this in overcast, if you could recommend the episode, just press the little I button and then press recommend. And of course, thank you to those who share these episodes each week. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.